0: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
1: Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael Schumann. He's an expert on investing in your local community. He's got two books, one called Put Your Money Where Your Life Is, and the other called The Local Economy Solution. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Michael. Nice to be with you. Just give us a little bit of background on you before we get into the substance here.
2: Yeah, so your audience might have three reasons for disliking me, Uh, so we'll get them out of the way at the top. I'm a lawyer, I'm an economist, and I live in Washington, D.C., but hopefully they can uh, rehabilitate me a little bit uh, by knowing that I never practiced law formally. I practice economics by teaching at Bard Business School, which is a green MBA program, and I'm I'm about to move to California. So I am, a, I'm a I'm a multifaceted beast interested in helping people uh, get their communities to be more prosperous.
1: You're officially redeemed on all three points, so don't worry about. It. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so your whole idea is that instead of investing in faraway places in Wall Street that people can do very well uh, both for themselves and for their communities by investing locally. So how has that become more popular in the last two years since we've had the pandemic as far as people moving to other places and wanting to invest in their local communities?
2: Well I think there have been changes both on you could say that both the supply and the demand side for local investment. Um, On the demand side, I think the pandemic has really made people hyper aware of how much they depend on certain things in their community, restaurants, doctors, um, community gathering places. And the fact that we've been denied a lot of these things or, or, or full access to a lot of these things has made people hungry for them and I think as we have read that some of our favorite restaurants for example have gone under some of our shops favorite shops have gone under Um, people have gotten very concerned about that another thing that has happened is that people now are working more at home and that means that you know when we used to say do a lot of our shopping or a lot of our connection with services around our workplace now we're doing it around our home, so I think that awareness of businesses and institutions around our home has increased the demand. On the supply side, there were changes in the law uh, really that, that went into effect in 2016 with uh, investment crowdfunding that have really taken off. Um, This past year, in 2021, uh, basically, we've gotten to the point where more than a million people have invested more than a billion dollars in something like 6,000 companies, uh, and the investment level last year was greater than that of 2016 to 20 put together so investment crowdfunding is really accelerating and i think the law the changes in law that made it cheaper and easier for people to do this
1: have really uh,
2: contributed to that acceleration
1: so um one would think that the net of the pandemic has been negative for small businesses many more went out of business or just weren't able to save themselves when they had lockdowns and mask mandates, and so on, then were helped by it. The, the general impression would be the uh, the big national companies that were able to do things online were benefited more by the pandemic than local businesses. Is, is that the way you you know kind of look at, at what's happened here?
2: Yeah, I think that's right. I, I think it is true that the pandemic has uh, made things for local business more difficult. But what people don't appreciate is that, Locally owned business, depending on how you define local, uh, starts out uh, as being responsible for between 60 and 80 percent of the jobs in your community. So when we say that local business has had some trouble, you know, maybe it's knocked it down a couple of percentage points, but it's still most of our economy. It's the most important part of the economy in terms of generating economic development, and we can actually make up for some of the problems of the pandemic by changing our investment
1: pattern. And how can we do that? How can we change our investment pattern? I mean, most people think of investing as on Wall Street and basically these big corporations that are not in your local community, but that's where you're going to have the best opportunity. You, you think it's different than that?
2: Well, I think the marketplace is changing. And here, here if I could generalize a little bit that While it is true that in the long term, in the long term, we ought to be able to invest cost-effectively, profitably, uh, in smaller businesses. In the short term, because the marketplace is really immature, it requires, at least from those of us who are interested in local investing, it requires us to put more time and energy than is required to do Wall Street investing. And it's also a little more difficult to find funds that provide diversification and liquidity and some of the other things that investors are looking for. So in 10 years, I think these problems will not be quite what they are now, but I think you can find a fair number of local business or local investment opportunities that actually are going to pay you, you know, maybe not exactly what you'll get in Wall Street, but pretty close to it. Um, one of the arguments that I make in uh, Put Your Money Where Your Life is, is that while we we tend to believe, um, because of a lot of promotion out there by, by various um, financial analysts, that We tend to believe that the Wall Wall Street long term will deliver, you know, a a 10, 12, 15 percent rate of return. And in fact, the rate of return of Wall Street, at its height, has been annualized at about 8 percent. But that really assumes everything goes perfectly. And if you take out fees, if you take out taxes. If you account for the fact that none of us enter or exit the market at exactly the right moment of our choosing, probably 5 or 6% is a better target. And with that target, I feel like there are a lot of local investment opportunities
1: that can match or beat that. Are you saying you can invest locally wherever you are? I mean, there are obviously parts of the country that are booming and parts that are not doing so well. So you're saying there are just as many investment opportunities in not so prosperous areas as there are in prosperous areas.
2: So it depends a little bit how we define local investment. So uh, if you are a real purist about it, you're going to be looking for a locally owned business in your own community you can put money into. And yeah, if that's your if that's your cri- set of criteria um Some communities you'll find a lot of options and others you won't find hardly any. If your criterion is a little bit more relaxed and and you say, well, I'm going to support local businesses around the country, businesses that are smallish, locally owned, important to their community, even though they're not necessarily in my community, uh, then you have a lot of options out there and i would say even if you don't have a, a range of options today you probably will in a year or two so one one website i encourage your, your uh, listeners to go to is called investibule.co and what this is it's a it's a kind of inventory of uh, investment crowdfunding options from the 80 plus federally licensed portals out there so you can go into it plug in your state and see what are the live crowdfunding offerings in your state usually if you're you know again if you're willing to say okay it doesn't have to be my community it could be my my state you will almost always find something that is available right now and as i said investment crowdfunding is accelerating
1: so let's specifically talk about crowdfunding. What are some of your favorite crowdfunding platforms for people to look at to invest locally? Well, I I do have a bunch of
2: favorite ones, um, but, so, you know, th- what's happened is, is that there is a diversification since there's 80 competitors. They're all trying to differentiate themselves and say, well, this is why we, we are the best or why you should come to us. Um, But, for example, uh, Honeycomb Credit is a really good supporter of smallish businesses. It's uh, based in Pittsburgh, but they do investment crowdfunding around the country. Another one that I like uh, that also focuses on smaller Main Street businesses is called Mainvest. Um, There is a... um, a, a a real estate site out there um, whose name I have temporarily forgotten but um, I, I will remember it before we are done with our interview okay. Okay. Um, and then there's you know of the mainstream sites um, there there is uh, there there are a bunch of really big players we Funder is one that I've worked with over the years and If you're an investor, they make it really easy for you to understand what's on their site.
1: So one of the liquidity, if you invest in something, you're typically going to invest in a specific business or a portfolio like a fund of many different businesses? You're invest.
2: so with investment crowdfunding, you're investing in specific businesses. Um, We're not quite at the place where you have a portfolio of businesses you can invest in. That said, there also are around the United States of around 20 local investment funds that do have diversified portfolios that you can put money into. Um, An example might be the New Hampshire Community Loan Fund, or the Vermont Community Loan Fund, or the Mountain BizWorks Fund in North Carolina. These are all funds that have been around for a long time, support portfolios of real estate and small business and enable you to do some diversification and get a pretty good rate of return.
1: So what are those, are they doing loans to small businesses or are they taking equity positions in small businesses? So most of these investment
2: funds uh, are doing loans and most of the crowdfunding offerings I would say are loan oriented. Um, But you can find a real mix out there. And if your interest is in having liquidity, I think, you know, getting involved in a loan with a relatively short payback period is your best bet. If you're willing to leave your money in for five or ten years, then taking an equity stake could be uh, a desirable option.
1: Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answers Show. My guest this hour is Michael Schumann. He's an expert on local investing. Uh, his two books are Put Your Money Where Your Life Is and The Local Economy Solution. You can find out more about his work at his website, with this Michael H. Schumann, spelled S-H-U-M-A-N, dot com. We'll be back after this. I recently started subscribing to Blinkist, which is a service which gives you condensed versions of top books and audios on many vital topics. You can read the most important ideas of a 200-page-plus book in about 10 to 15 minutes and listen to the audio of that book in 30 minutes or less. Blinkist empowers you to grow personally and professionally by discovering content that inspires, motivates, and gives you new perspectives. Blakers offers you content in 27 categories. In the business and money world, it covers entrepreneurship, economics, management and leadership, Money and Investments and Careers. There's a lot to learn here. In the money and investment sections, I read some of the classics of the field, such as One Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch and The Last Safe Investment by Michael Ellsberg. Other offerings include some of the authors I've interviewed on the Money Answers Show, such as Grant Sabatier, who wrote Financial Freedom, and Aaron Lowry of Broke Millennial. I particularly enjoyed Mind Over Money by Claudia Hammond, which delves into why we make the financial decisions we do based on how we've been raised, for better or worse. She tells several interesting stories about the mistakes people make with their money, which really drive home her points. In the economic section, I particularly enjoyed The Raging Twenties by Alec Ross about who will win and lose in this decade. And then there was The Promise of Bitcoin by Bobby Lee, which explains how to take advantage of the emerging world of cryptocurrencies. And that's just a small sample of what you get at Blinkist. Use Blinkist to become a better, smarter, and more knowledgeable you. I'd love you to have the same positive experience I've had exploring what Blinkist has to offer. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for listeners of the Money Answer Show. Go to Blinkist.com moneyanswers to start your free 7-day trial and 25% off a Blinkist Premium Membership. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash money answers to get 25% off and a seven day free trial. Blinkist dot com slash money answers.
0: nobody likes the guy who says i told you so the guy in 1991 who said to you invest in the internet it's going to be huge or the guy in 1997 who said come on this is going to be big they call it social media and the guy in 2009 who said i'm telling you man crypto is real now i'm not going to be that guy who says i told you so but i am telling you that there is a 21 year old international company where you can become a global project partner earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life.
1: Welcome back to your money at your show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael Schumann, an expert on investing locally. Uh, his latest book is called Put Your Money Where Your Life Is. You can find out more at his website, Michael H. Schuman, spelled S H U M A N dot com. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Thank you. You were going to remind us of the real estate-oriented website to help people invest locally.
2: Yeah, so there's two of them I want to mention. One of them, smallchange.com, is for grassroots investors, and it's more around mission-oriented real estate projects. And the other one, if you are an accredited, uh, wealthy investor,
1: fundrise.com is a good place to go to. Very good. Uh, You have twelve ways to invest locally. So let's just go with them uh, briefly here. First one is having to do with credit cards. Tell us about that one. Yeah. So one of the arguments
2: that I make is your best areas for high rates of return are investing in yourself, and the best example of that is getting yourself out of credit card debt. I mean, I, I think. People who listen to your program regularly, this is kind of an obvious point, uh, but with a credit card, you're going to pay 20 plus percent interest annually. Every dollar you invest to get yourself out of credit card debt is a 20 plus point rate of return. So that is, it is a high payoff in lots of different ways.
1: The second one is to invest in your kid's future. How to do that and how does that affect you locally? Right, so this would, of course,
2: is especially true if your kids are living locally, but what's good for the goose is good for the gander, and if it's valuable to get yourself out of credit card debt, it probably is also valuable to get your kids out of student loan debt. Now, those interest rates are not as high as credit cards. It's probably more in the 7 or 8% range, but still... Um, if you make a deal with your kids saying, okay, I'll buy up the debt, you pay me back at 5%, so you get a steady return, as I said, equivalent with Wall Street, and uh, your kid gets a new lease on life, I think it's not a bad deal.
1: The third one is to invest in a home. Now, the real estate market is very hot. A lot of people are getting into bidding wars. Do you, are you worried sometimes that people are paying too much for their homes and leveraging themselves too much to do so?
2: Yes, I do worry about that, uh, and and of course, a lot of why the market is hot is n- not people leveraging their homes, but but actually people who are investing in speculation in real estate. Um, and but 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 here's the bottom line: because of the crazy features that we have in the mortgage interest deduction on our individual taxes still in our primary residence, and because at the end of holding and owning a home, uh, you get to keep, you know, if you're single, $250,000 of appreciation tax-free, $500,000 if you're a couple tax-free. Because of those tax benefits, real estate is almost always going to be more lucrative than investing in Wall Street.
1: Okay, and then you also say to pay your mortgage down faster, um, and they're going to get a better return from that than Wall Street, how does that work? So that's
2: just a variation on the theme, and what it's basically saying is that uh, the faster that you can pull yourself out of the mortgage, um, the faster you become an owner, free and clear, don't have to worry about rent, don't have to worry about mortgage and that then clears your wallet for investing in a bunch of other things. And again, you know, if you work out the numbers in this and I do this in the book, uh, it usually is gonna be a better rate of return than you'll get in Wall Street.
1: So you're saying to make extra principal payments or how do you actually do that?
2: Yes, you could make extra principal payments. Um, you could just decide to pay it all off at once. Um, But, yeah, or take a shorter mortgage, more like 15 years instead of 30.
1: The next one is to invest in cutting your daily bills, what are some ways people can do
2: that? Well, this is where investing in, say, solar energy uh, is a really good way of saving money. Uh, Solar investments and energy efficiency investments, again, with tax benefits they will often be paying 15, 20, 25% rate of return on your investment. Some pay a lot a lot more. And I would say this, this is kind of a no-brainer. Um, take advantage of these things while they're there. And I think lots of people who've invested in Teslas and put the solar on their roof have seen these benefits uh, in 3D.
1: Then you talk about investing in co-ops. I've heard of food co-ops. What are some other kinds of co-ops? that people can invest in
2: yeah so there is an emerging um, range of co-ops that are involved in real estate um, that's interesting because they're involved in affordable housing but there are co-ops in, in almost anything you know there's a co-op in uh, the Pacific Northwest called People's Memorial which is a burial co-op. And even though you're not gonna be able to directly take advantage of it or experience the advantages until you're dead, uh, it does lower the cost of your burial by about a factor of 10. Um, and it, you know, co-ops almost always have that virtue of paying you substantial dividends off of your initial investment, that is your membership fee, uh, in terms of discounts and patronage at the end of the year.
1: Is there a central way for people to find co-ops in their local area?
2: Well, there's a bunch of them. Um, I, you know, there are some co-op indices out there, co-op, co-op promotion organizations. Uh, I would go to the website of the Democracy Collaborative, and uh, they are pretty good promoters of co-ops. If you're interested... In worker co-ops I would look up uh, the equity project based in Oakland so those are the first two places I would start.
1: The next one is to invest in
2: your favorite uh, local business. Right Uh, so that's everything we've been talking about
1: so far with investment crowdfunding. Yes Uh, and then to invest in a nonprofit how does you I mean that's not really an investment as such that's giving a donation of some kind right? Well in this case we're talking about an investment
2: Um, and the way that it works is that nonprofits do have bills and about a third of what most nonprofits pay is rental so if you can move your favorite nonprofit or your favorite church from being a renter to being an owner you really can help their finances and the idea is is that uh, they might do a crowdfund uh, around the building, and you buy the equivalent of several bricks, and uh, you then hold a uh, title, partial title, to the building, and at some point, if they sell it, uh, you will, you'll get a rate of return on that.
1: So it's a real estate investment. You're not investing in the nonprofit. The nonprofit is not going to be sold for a profit as such. That's right. Now, there
2: are, I should clarify that there are some nonprofits that also have funds uh, that are mission-related. So, you can find housing nonprofits that have funds, you put money in there, and they take money from that fund and put it into a variety of um, affordable housing projects, and then you draw a rate of return off of that fund.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And then you talk about investing in local real estate beyond your own home. What are some ways to do that? Well, that's why I would go to a website like
2: Small Change, because what you see are some incredible options. Some of them are around affordable housing. In Los Angeles, for example, there's a wonderful project called NECO that enables people in and around L.A. to invest in these affordable housing projects there. You also can invest in, say, uh, shopping centers. So in Portland, Oregon, uh, there is a nonprofit called uh, Mercy Corps, which created something called a community investment trust. And basically it enabled a low-income community to buy the bricks of its local shopping market. And that market had about 200 small businesses inside of it. So, by, by basically putting it under local ownership, they secured uh,
1: they secured the rents for these uh, businesses. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Michael Schuman. Uh, he is an expert in local investing. His book is called Put Your Money Where Your Life Is. Uh, you can find out more at his website, Michael H. Schuman, spelled S H U M A We'll be back after this for the past month i've been taking athletic greens which is a delicious multivitamin powder that has given me new energy and boosted my immune system every morning i mix the powder in 12 ounces of water into a plastic container they provided shake it up and drink it it's kind of got a mild tropical taste that i look forward to every day so what's in this stuff athletic greens powder has 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole-food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, and slows down the aging process. It also helps you sleep better and absorb nutrients from foods in your bloodstream more efficiently. Athletic Greens is a lifestyle-friendly product where your diet can be keto, paleo, gluten-free, or dairy-free. It's very natural and has only one gram of sugar and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. Athletic Greens is based on the latest science, is tested extensively, and is constantly being tweaked and improved. It costs less than $3 a day. You'll spend less on it than on all the supplements and multivitamins you may already be taking. Think of it as investing in your health so you don't have to spend money on therapies to recover from bad health habits. It has thousands of five-star reviews and is recommended by many professional athletes. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company which donates some of the proceeds of its sales to organizations to get millions of nutritious meals to kids in need around the world. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially since we're in the cold and flu season. It's just one scoop of Athletic Greens powder with a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for many, many different pills or multivitamins to look out for your health. To make it easy to get started, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you do is visit athleticgreens.com moneyanswers. Again, that's athleticgreens.com moneyanswers to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: Welcome back to The Money Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael Schumann. He is the expert on local investing. His book is called Put Your Money Where Your Life Is. His website, com spelled S-H-U-M-A-N. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Great to be back. Now, there's another way to invest locally is local government projects. W- what do you mean by that, and how can people invest in local projects?
2: So, your city is probably issuing all the time municipal bonds for a variety of projects. Most of these go on to a fairly well-organized global bond market. But there are some interesting examples of communities or states that have issued municipal bonds in small denominations like baby bonds from the war, uh, World War II that is, and uh, that, that everyone can get involved in. And a great example of this is the state of Connecticut last year issued a baby bonds around solar energy implementation. And there was such high demand for these bonds that uh, they sold out in 48 hours a $25 million bond issue for solar.
1: You, you call these civic micro bonds, is that right?
2: Yes. The micro bonds is really saying, you know, like for a typical bond that's circulating on Wall Street, I mean, we're talking about denominations 25, 50, 100,000. These bonds will be in denominations more like of hundreds or a couple of thousand dollars that many more people can buy into.
1: And would the interest be tax-free, just like any municipal bond?
2: So it varies. Some of these projects um, qualify for um, being ta- being. free um, tax free on the interest and others are not. It depends on the riskiness of the bonds. So that's something to pay attention to as you're looking at these options.
1: Now you also say to invest in local investment funds. That's more on the equity side than the debt side. Is that right?
2: Well, so this was the example that I gave earlier of the 20 funds around the United States that are you know, locally focused and allow grassroots investors to participate. I would say that most of these funds actually do focus on debt rather than equity. But I think over time, some of them will move more into equity. But, but the advantage, of course, of a fund is twofold. One is that there is some qualified manager who is vetting these companies and you don't have to do all that work yourself. And second, you'll get some diversification, so if one company goes bad, the others will make sure you still get some rate of return. And also, there's a little bit more liquidity in putting money into these funds. So I think if you have a fund near or in your backyard, that's one great place to start.
1: Are these paying at some current cash yield, or is it only a long-term gain once the businesses are sold?
2: so um a lot of these funds are paying um, annual uh, returns so they will they when you sign up for the fund you know they'll they may give you a target you know you put your money in uh, for four years make a commitment for four years and we'll pay you three and a half percent over those four years that's the kind of arrangement you usually find
1: yeah. And then your last way is to invest in your local bank or credit union. You're talking about making a deposit there or actually becoming a shareholder in these things?
2: Yeah, so this is is really, if you can't find anything else, uh, this is not a bad place to hold your money. Uh, One thing that people should appreciate is that the probability of a dollar you put on deposit in a local bank or credit union going into a local business is three times greater than if you put that money on deposit in a bigger global bank. Uh, And there's lots of reasons for that, but I think intuitively we understand that these local banks or credit unions are connected to the community. and, And that's why I think your money will do more good in your economy if you park your money there in the short term.
1: Let's talk about the, the law that was, I think, passed in 2012 and implemented in 2016 called the JOBS Act and exactly what that does to, to facilitate all this growth in local investing. Right, so the nature of securities
2: law, which is a terrible slog for any law student, I, I can report from personal experience, um, but securities law basically says if you as a business want to borrow money or you want to uh, sell stock, you are issuing a security. And that security has to be registered at both the federal and at the state levels uh, with your securities uh, exchange commission or or the equivalent at, at the state level. Um, the only way you can get around that, which is a very expensive thing to do, is through an exemption. Now exemption in SEC speak doesn't mean there are no legal requirements on you. It just means they're a little bit lighter than they would otherwise be. And with the exemptions that were available for small business, it was still likely uh, up until 2012 that to raise even a dollar uh, from a grassroots investor, a small business would have to pay twenty-five, thirty-five, fifty thousand uh, dollars just to do the legal disclosures necessary to get that money. And you might spend that up front for lawyers with no certainty that your issue would ever collect the money. So you just had to go out of pocket with that. And so, consequently, very few small businesses actually took money from grassroots investors. Well, the JOBS Act changed that. The JOBS Act said, we're going to let all Americans have some kind of role in small businesses. We're going to make sure these transactions occur on these federally licensed websites called portals, and they have a checklist that they go through for due due, due diligence. One of the ways they protect small grassroots investors, as they say, you can't invest more than $2,200 per year. Now, if you earn more than $107,000, you can start to put more than $2,200 a year into companies. And from the company perspective, when the Jobs Act was first passed, they could raise up to a million dollars in a year, now it's up to $5 million, which means a lot of real estate projects can qualify.
1: There are also some tax breaks for investing locally. For example, Michigan is close to passing a income tax credit. Tell us how that works.
2: Yeah, so this is still um, in committee in Michigan, so it, uh, some of the fine print of it is being debated. but. Th- Michigan was inspired by the Canadian province of New Brunswick, which created a 50% uh, provincial tax credit for local investment. Um, and Michigan is trying to do the same. I mean, there's gonna, it's going to be in effect for a limited number of years and certain categories of local business. But it really is a way of saying to people in the state, now is the time we want you to start get involved in this and really prime the pump for local investment.
1: So a tax credit would be a dollar-for-dollar dollar reduction in your taxes. If you invested $1,000, you'd get uh, $500 off your taxes. Is that the way that would work? Yes, that's, that, that
2: is the proposal on the table right now. And would this spread to other states if
1: this happened, do you think?
2: I hope so. Uh, and and I stand ready to promote this uh, with any state that is open to it. Honestly, we know from another Canadian province, uh, Nova Scotia, which provided similar kinds of tax breaks uh, for citizens who put their money into uh, neighborhood pension funds uh, back in 1998, we know that the cost per job of these uh, federal tax credits... Um- I need to pause, don't... don't I, for a second.
1: Okay. We're going to go to a break and come back. Uh, my, my guest this hour is Michael Schumann. <laughs> His book is called Put Your Money Where Your Life Is. His website, michaelhschumann.com. We'll be back after this.
3: The Boardroom, to you. Voice America Business Network.
4: Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equities Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equities program.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael Schumann, an expert on investing locally. His book is called Put Your Money Where Your Life Is, How to Invest Locally Using Self-Directed IRAs and Solo 401Ks. His website to find out more is Michael H. Schumann, shuma Welcome back to the show, Michael. Great to be back. But let's talk about self-directed IRAs. How could you use that to invest in a local business?
2: So here's the problem that most people have with thinking about local investment, and that is if you have any significant money saved up, chances are very good it's in an IRA or a 401k. And the options that you're presented with, your IRA may be on say TD Ameritrade or your 401k is controlled by your employer. Your options are basically variations of global stocks and bonds. You have no local investment options at all. So in order to create investment options for yourself. What you need to do is uh, create for yourself a self-directed IRA or a solo 401k. With a self-directed IRA, you basically hire a custodian from one of about 200 companies that offer this service. And if you shop around, you probably, you know, would need to pay about 200, $250 a year for this and you then direct the person how to invest your money and which local options you want it to go in. With a solo 401k this was designed for self-employed people but it doesn't mean you're exclusively self-employed it just means you get some self-employed income and that income is what you can put into your own account. And there's several advantages to a solo 401k. One is you can administer it out of your own dedicated bank account. A second is is that it's cheaper, uh, probably costs $300 for six years rather than $250 per year. A third is is that you can take a loan to yourself for almost anything. So, for example, if you want to pay off credit cards, you couldn't do this with a self-directed IRA but you could with a solo 401k give yourself a $50,000 loan pay off those credit cards and then pay yourself back at a low interest rate over the next five years and the last thing is with a solo 401k you can put away a lot more money every year Um, so with a self-directed IRA you know you can put away between six and seven thousand a year with a solo 401k, there are ways in which you could put away up to, say,
1: 120000 in a year. And the advantage is that the growth inside those is tax-free in a Roth IRA and tax-deferred inside the 401k. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you, you talk about co-op conversions. So tell us how converting an existing business into a co-op might work and how one can invest in those. So... What's One of the things that's happening that's
2: interesting is a lot of small business owners are thinking about retirement and just as there's been the great resignation um, with the labor force in America, there's also been a great transformation among business owners Uh, and many have decided, you know what, it's time to let go of this business. Now, you know, in previous generations, It was easy for a business owner like this to get uh, his or her children involved well that may no longer be available and maybe there's no good option for selling your business in this kind of situation which is really common across the country what some owners have done is said you know what maybe the best thing is to just sell my business to my employees. And I can't sell it to them all at once, but they can earn shares over a series of years. And, you know, that kind of succession policy is really good for a business owner because they get a good retirement. It's really good for the community because that business that might have been central to the community stays alive, and it's certainly good for the workers. And at the end of the day, you can organize that either as an employee stock ownership plan or you can organize it as a worker co-op.
1: The other uh, new development you talked about is uh, so-called public banks. Explain what those are and how can you invest in those? So if you have some listeners in North
2: Dakota, this will be all familiar to you. But about 120 years ago, the state of North Dakota realized uh, their farmers were having a lot of difficulty getting loans from Wall Street banks. And so what the state of North Dakota did is they created a public bank. And it's not a bank in the conventional sense, but, but what they say is, okay, every year we get money from people paying their taxes, and we get money from transfer payments from the federal government. If I was another state, a typical state, I would put that money on deposit in you know, Chase or Morgan Stanley or some other big financial institution and the money would not be doing any good in my backyard. Well, what North Dakota said is, you know what, we're going to reinvest that money by putting it on deposit in local banks or credit unions, which will enhance their ability to lend and support local businesses. So that strategy has been brilliant. It has made North Dakota about a billion dollars in net revenue and they have redeployed that money in the form of economic development, grants, loans, bonds, etc. So, A lot of other states and even some municipalities are thinking seriously about public banking right now. And one state that passed a bill on public banking about a year and a half ago is California, which basically said to its cities, uh, you now have permission to come up with plans to create your own public banks and uh, put money to work locally.
1: One area where there seems to be a lot of investment is energy and uh, solar and energy inefficiency. How can you invest in your local area to make things more energy efficient? So
2: if you're lucky, you'll live in a state like Connecticut where there are bonds available for things like this. Um, Around the country, there are a bunch of green banks, so where I live in Montgomery County, Maryland. Uh, We have a green bank. Now, unfortunately, most of these green banks don't allow grassroots investment. Instead, the counties uh, or or cities are investing it, putting money in these things directly. Um, But I think over time, the smarter of these jurisdictions, like Connecticut, will invite the public to put money into these institutions, into these green banks. And they support a bunch of things. Uh, like energy efficiency, solarization, stormwater management, pollution cleanup, and uh, the payoffs are pretty good on these kinds of investments.
1: In the real estate area, there are some other innovations, like you mentioned, uh, investing in homeowner down payments. How does that work?
2: Yes, so there's an there's an interesting company out there called Landed. Um, Landed is helping um, really sort of Middle-class workers, frontline workers during the pandemic, uh, people who say work for uh, hospitals or medical institutions, who are nevertheless, because of this, you know, incredible real estate market, having trouble buying a house. And what they're doing is saying, "Okay, we can see that you've got a good, reliable job. You're a professional." we're going to invest, we're going we're to invest in your down payment. And, uh, and then they invite other people to uh, put money up that, they, that, that so you can actually help invest in these down payments as well. And it makes housing more affordable uh, for these people. Now of course, there is an adjustment in any equity returns you get at the end of the day when you sell your house. But it's really, I think these deals are pretty fair.
1: In summing all this up, why should people invest locally in the ways we've talked about the last hour compared to doing traditional investing in stocks and bonds and, and Wall Street kind of offerings?
2: So here's the thing. There really are two kinds of rates of return that you should pay attention to. One is your private rate of return Uh, you know so that is the 5% you'll get per year from Wall Street investment typically but then there is a social rate of return and all things being equal if you'll get the same rate of return from Wall Street versus some local businesses you should always put your money into the local businesses because they also pay a social return and the social return is More people in your community are employed, they pay taxes, your better tax base is able to hire more teachers, more police, clean up the environment, and it makes your quality of life better. That is the kind of healthy multiplier effect that you can enjoy with local investment that you never can get just out of Wall Street investment.
1: We have about a minute to wrap up, go ahead.
2: I'll just, I'll just say that, that a social rate of return is all about the multiplier effect. Social rate of return is saying that uh, in addition to your private rate of return, you pay taxes, those taxes go into your local government, that your local government can then hire more teachers, hire more police, clean up the environment, and so that multiplier effect is good for your quality of life. Very
1: good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Michael Schumann. He is the author of Put Your Money Where Your Life Is, and you can find out more about him and his work at michaelhschumann.com. Thanks so much for being a great guest on The Money Answer Show, Michael. Great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now.